In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today from John chapter 16, and it is part of the discourse that the Lord gave to his disciples on Covenant Thursday after he gave them communion. And this discourse happened in the upper room just before leaving to Gethsemane where he was arrested and after this he was taken into the trial which ended by his crucifixion on Friday. In this part from John 16 from verse 20 to 33, the Lord has addressed two points. The first point is uh, how to be joyful in the middle of tribulation. How to be joyful in the middle of suffering. And the second point that he addressed our relationship with the Father. The first point the Lord explained that we are not from the world. And since we are not from the world, so the world may attack us, may falsely accuse us, may uh, persecute us. So he told them, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. When the world attacks the children of God, they rejoice because they believe that they gained victory. But the Lord assured us that all these tribulations will turn into a joy. And this hardship and this difficult time is the road to glory. And he gave us a beautiful analogy the analogy of the mother who is in labor, how she grieves uh, because her hour has come. But once she gave birth to her baby, she rejoices and she doesn't remember the anguish. In the same way, we suffer, we are in pain, we lament, we will weep, but as the mother sees her baby, then rejoice. In the middle of the tribulation, we see God. We see God. As he told us, but I will see you. And your sorrow will turn into joy. I will see you and you will rejoice. And no one will take your joy away from you. I will see you as the mother when she sees her baby, she smiles and she rejoices. God will come to us to give us this joy. He sent his angel to Daniel in the lion's den. He appeared in the flames of fire to the three young children. He appeared to Paul 
in prison. He sent his angel to Peter in prison. So, don't worry and don't be sorrowful. During the time of tribulation, God, as he promised us, I will never leave you or forsake you. Saint Paul of Tammu said, he who escaped tribulation escapes or run away from God. He who runs away from tribulation runs away from God. Because tribulation is a perfect time to experience the compassion and the loving kindness of God. So that is the first reason why we rejoice during the time or how we rejoice during the time of tribulation. The second point, he told us, pray during the time of tribulation. When you pray, ask that you may receive and your joy will be full. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So that is the second uh, element, how to rejoice during time of tribulation. It is time of prayer. The third host from the midnight praises is the prayer of the three young men in the furnace of fire. Paul and Silas were praying in the prison. Daniel was praying in the lion's den. And so on. When Jacob was afraid from his brother Isu, he prayed and God appeared to him and he wrestled with God. And he said to God, I will not leave you till you give me blessing. It's a time of prayer, time of fervent and persistent prayer, time of prayer with faith, time pray, with prayer, with patience and endurance, till God bless us. And here when he spoke about the prayer, he introduced the second element about our relationship with the Father. But I will keep this, I will speak about it later. So that's another reason why or how we rejoice during the time of tribulation. The third reason that this tribulation or hardship that we will face is not a surprise to us. We expect it. Usually, when we expect something, when it happens, we can handle it better. For example, if a dear one is sick with terminal illness, so we expect death. So when death happens, we can handle it better. But if death happens suddenly, it will be difficult to handle it. In the same way, God prepared us for the tribulation. He notified us, he explained to us that 
part of our discipleship, part of our following him is to endure tribulation. That's why he told us, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. So the Lord told us about what we expect in order to have right expectation. Unfortunately, in spite of the fact that the Lord told us about what to expect, but many people until now, they have wrong expectation. Many people believe that if you are a godly person and you are follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and you, have, you are a devout Christian, you will not face tribulation. This is wrong. This is not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible told us that the gate is narrow. The way is difficult. Few are walking in this way, but the end is eternal life. So you need to have the right expectation in order to have peace in the world. So number one, how to rejoice tribulation. Number one, the promises of God that he will not leave us or forsake us, but he will see us and give us this joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. Number two, pray persistently, fervently, with patience and faith. Number three, have right expectation. Have right expectation. Don't get uh, your mind to wrong expectation. And the last point that he said to us, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world, meaning this victory that I gained, it's for you. When you are united with me, when you are one with me, my victory will be your victory. If you are in me and I in you, then in me you will overcome the world. As uh, St. John wrote in his letter, uh, this is the victory by which we defeat the world, our faith. Our faith is our victory. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we are united with him, one with him, then in him we will overcome the world. That's why he told us, be of good cheer. Yes, the expectation in the world, you will have tribulation. But as we expect this, the completion of this expectation or the second half of this expectation is be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, and in me you will overcome the world. So the Lord in the Gospel of today gave us four reasons how and why we rejoice during the time of tribulation. Number one, because the Lord will see us. As he promised us, I will not leave you or forsake you. Number two, it's time of persistent, faithful, uh, prayer in which we endure and we become learn to be patient. Number three, to have the right expectation. These words I've spoken to you, then in me you may have peace. And number four, his victory now is our victory when we abide in him and he abides in us.
But while he is speaking about this, he introduced another subject which is very important, especially during this fast of nativity, while we are preparing uh, ourselves to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to know that uh, part or a very important reason of the incarnation of the Son of God is to re-establish our relationship with the Father. To re-establish our relationship with the Father. And this point actually is not clear in our mind. Most of us, all our relationship is focused on the Son. You may tell me, but the Son and the Father are one. Yes, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one, but they are not the same. The Father is not the Son, is not the Holy Spirit. They are three distinguished hypostases. And if we dealt with God as, if we deal with God as only one, then what differentiates Christianity from any other religion? Christianity is the only religion that has the true revelation about God. That God is triune God. Three in one. And we, we need actually to establish our relationship with the Holy Trinity. Sincere uh, of Alexandria said, every gift is given to us from the Father in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Again, any gift is given to us from the Father. How? In the Son. By the Holy Spirit. In the same way, when we pray, we speak to God the Father in the Son by the Holy Spirit. That's why the, the Lord said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So here the Lord is teaching us to speak to the Father. He's telling us this uh, disconnection between us and the Father uh, is over. With the incarnation of the Son of God, we are reconciled with God the Father. And now we can call the Father our Father. When the Lord taught the disciples how to pray, he told them to address the Father and to call him our Father who art in heaven. After his resurrection, he said to Mary Magdalene, I did... I did not ascend yet to my father and your father and my God and your God. So here the Lord came to establish our relationship with the father and is teaching us to pray to the father in the name of Jesus. As I told you, we pray to the father in Jesus. 
We st- I will explain what I mean by in Jesus. But just keep it in your mind like this. We pray in the fa- to the Father in Jesus. And he told us, uh, these things I've spoken to you in figurative language. But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, in my name, in me. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. Now we are reconciled with the Father. The Father loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God, God the Father. So let me explain to you what do I mean in Jesus Christ. You know, God gave us the law, either the natural law that was given to Adam and his children, and then he gave us the law written to Moses, and we are required to fulfill the righteousness of the law. But no one from Adam until now is able to keep all the requirements of the law. And since no one is able to keep the requirement of the law, all of us, we are under condemnation. So the father, (coughs) out of his love, sent his son to the world. And he took our humanity. He became perfect human. And he kept all the requirements of the law. Do you remember when he went to John the Baptist to be baptized? He told him, we ought to fulfill all righteousness. He kept all the requirement of the law, not for himself, but for our sake. He prayed, he fasted, he uh, served, he taught, he was circumcised, he was baptized. He didn't need any of these things but he kept all the requirements of the law. Then he told us, when you believe in me and you abide in me through the sacraments, like communion, you abide in him, we abide in Jesus, and Jesus abides in us. So we became one with him. We became one with him. So his righteousness became our righteousness. In him, we are considered as if we fulfilled all the requirements of the law. But we get this as a free gift from the Son. So when we stand before God the Father, if we stand before God the Father, away from Jesus Christ, we are condemned. 
because we are not righteous. But if we stand before God the Father in Jesus Christ, then in Him we will be pure, unrighteous, unjustified. That is what we say we pray to the Father and the Son. But who makes this union? It is the Holy Spirit in the sacraments of the church. So, this gift of righteousness, we received it from the God the Father and the Son through or by the Holy Spirit, as St. Cyril of Alexandria explained. And the opposite is true. When we stand before God the Father, we stand before Him in Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's why he told us, until now you did not ask anything in my name, in me. In my name, not only just to say in the name of Jesus, Amen. No. In him, in my name means to be one with him, to stand before the Father in him. When we stand before the Father in him, we are righteous. And then, we will receive this righteousness and the gift of the eternal life because in Jesus we are righteous. That's why we as Christians, we need to learn how to develop this relationship with the Father. Jesus came to reconcile us. Uh, many times, as I explained, most of us, we stop at our relationship with the Son. But there is another step that in the Son, we need to stand before the Father and to speak to the Father and to address the Father. And as a matter of fact, most of our prayers, the liturgical prayers, are addressing the Father. Most of them, St. Basil liturgy, addressing the Father, sincere liturgy, addressing the Father. Most of the Agbeya, for example, Thanksgiving prayer, let us give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But many of us, actually, when even we pray these prayers, we imagine that we are talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, we are talking to God, the Father. And here the Lord made it very, very clear. <clears throat> I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. He will give you. So as I explained, the gospel of today addressed two important points. The first point, how and why we should rejoice during the time of hardship and tribulations. And the second point, which a main reason for his incarnation is to reestablish our relationship with the Father. Let us lift our eyes and our hearts to God in prayer, asking Him to have mercy on us, to forgive our sins, to support us during the time of hardships and tribulations, to give us His peace and His joy that surpasses all understanding. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>